Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Project Do Yourself podcast. I'm Avi. Check us out on Instagram at Project Do It Yourself. Today, I'm here with Liz. Yeah, hey Avi, uh, I'm Liz and I live in Leesburg, Virginia and I'm renovating my house right now, my new house. And when I'm not doing that, I am a digital product director uh, for a website and a mother of two kids. So you sound pretty busy then. Uh, just a touch. Yeah. <laughs> Super busy all the time. I'm a glutton for punishment. So I've got a long list of to-do to do items. Yep, indeed. So tell me about your kitchen remodel that you're working on right now. Yeah. I bought a house in February, like uh, everybody uh, <laughs> bought a house this year, and it needed some work when we purchased it. So started um, renovating the house in like early March. And with the kitchen so far, it's been a work in progress. So far, we've done, I, I shouldn't say we, I have done, um, <laughs> the, I've repainted my cabinets, also refinished them with, filled all the wood grain and ripped out all the tile and replacing all the tile. Turns out I'll also be replacing the tile floor, installed a new dishwasher, did some drywall replacements following the tile debacle, light fixtures, just painting all the things you can imagine. So it's basically the entire kitchen. It's into the entire kitchen, yeah. I have knocked down any walls. So how did you think about the process of remodeling your kitchen? What, where did you start? Yeah. So my first piece was deciding all the projects that we were going to do. And knowing we weren't going to remove any walls, like there was some negotiation about whether or not, how much do we really need to do to the cabinets? Do we really need to replace the floors? All of those conversations. And then once I kind of landed on, yeah, here's the list of things I want to do, there was a very quick decision that I would not be paying anyone to do any of it. <laughs> and, and so then it became shopping around. I thought I knew all the tools I was going to need. And so aside from the supplies, which is what I think like most people think of when they're renovating or, or redoing a room, you think of what tile am I going to pick out, all that kind of stuff. I actually started with the tools. What tools am I going to need? Because I felt like that was the thing that I had the least control over the cost. So I started there and developed a crazy long spreadsheet of all the tools I would need and then did some price shopping. And then that was the most fun buying so many tools. And then, yeah, just picking off one piece at a time. There is an order. Like I knew I was going to have to repaint my, my cabinets and I didn't want to be spraying paint in the kitchen. I didn't want to do it after I had painted the rest of the walls. So there's like an order of things of when things should be done. And I figured that out, mapped that out. Also created a timeline of when I would be doing all these things that like just completely got blown out of the water within <laughs> about three weeks. It was totally unrealistic. Uh, yeah, that was it. That was my, that's been my process so far. It's going really well in that it's still going, but I'm happy with the work so far. It's just, it takes a lot longer than I expected. I think that's a very common sentiment for a lot of DIYers. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. So just backing up a little bit, let's start off with the, just like you bought this house and you knew the kitchen needed to be renovated. How did you identify what you wanted to change? Yeah. And then how did you decide that you were the person to do those things? Yeah. The house that we bought was built in 1988. And the kitchen was all original except for the countertops. The countertops had been, had been redone in the last two years. And I'm sorry, countertops as well as the appliances. We knew when we looked at it, we were like, this kitchen needs a lot of work. It's ugly as heck. But all of the things that we thought would be the most expensive, the appliances, the countertops, those were all in really great shape. It was then a matter of like our cabinets, 
1988, they'd been painted horribly, ugliest, like the most inorganic brown you can imagine. <laughs> None of the wood grain had been filled and it was all drippy. So we knew that had to go, had to repaint them. We decided not to replace because of the countertops. It was like, are we really going to, it seemed like a lot more work to replace the actual cabinets rather than, and, and, and then do something with the countertops in the interim. So decided to paint them. The tile was also original from 1988. It had fruit all over it. And I love to eat fruit. <laughs> but I totally like to look at it on my kitchen walls. <laughs> so that was immediate had to go. And uh, yeah, other than that, it's like the light fixtures are old and crummy. Had to replace those too. The floor has been a surprise. We did not plan to replace that. But unfortunately, we did end up replacing our dishwasher. It wasn't working quite the way we thought it would. And so we replaced it. And the old dishwasher had been installed in such a way that we had to rip out the tile around it in order to get it out of its space. Oh, no. And unfortunately, I have not been able to find a replacement tile. So that means I'm going to have to replace it all. So, yeah. Wow. So you had a plan at the beginning. And then some things built on a little bit as you discovered potentially more issues. I would say so, yeah. we Really, the floor is the only scope creep, if you will, that has happened as part of this project, I think. Actually, that is not, that's a lie. I just remembered something else. So this actually just happened last week, which is really fun. I was putting polyurethane on the exterior of my cabinets in order to keep the keep them in, in, in good condition and, and make sure that the paint was protected. And I knocked over the bottle on top of my cooktop. And as you may know, Avi, polyurethane is highly flammable and it is a glass cooktop. It is an electric cooktop. So it is ruined. So I now get to buy a new stove as well. So that's the other big piece of scope creep there. Yeah. It's like a really expensive thing to redo things cheaply. That's what I've <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. I, I love that as a quote. So yeah. I'm going I'm to keep that. <laughs> you go ahead. You put that on the, yeah, you put that on the podcast. That's the, the project DIY tagline. <laughs> okay. We covered how you decided to pick these projects, but what made you think that you were the right person to do all of them? Have you done this before or you just feel confident in, in learning this, this techniques? It's maybe a little, there's one part cheapness and then the other part is probably a little bit of Dunning-Kruger. I thought I, yeah, I thought I would be better at this than I am. I'm, I'm a handy person. It's a little cliche, but I, I do like... Uh, power tools and fixing things and all that good stuff. But this is our first house and I felt like I should know how to take care of it. And we had a few months before we moved in and I felt, let me take the time to learn how to do some stuff so that when something breaks later, I don't feel like I have to call someone right away. I can see what I can do, my own skills. You said you leading up to moving in, you were going to learn how to do some things. How did you learn how to do those things? A lot of YouTube. I, I didn't really ask a lot of people for help. I just did it myself. My dad is an engineer, a civil engineer, which means that everything he fixed when I was a kid worked really well, but was ugly as hell. I didn't want to ask him for help. Um, and my brothers lived far away and I felt, and you know, it's COVID. I didn't really want strangers in my house. So I, yeah, I just YouTubed it and made some mistakes and set reasonable expectations for myself, I think. But yeah, it's really just cheap and um, wanted to find out if I could do it. And uh, I think the answer so far is, yeah, consorted to do it. So why don't we just dive in a little bit specifically on one project, maybe the cabinet refresh? 
That was the most fun and the most challenging for sure. So with the cabinets, like I said, they were covered in this really crappy paint. And so a couple things learned very quick. And thankfully, these were tips that are online is to label everything because otherwise you won't be able to get your doors and your drawers back where they need to be. I sanded everything. And then what I decided to do is because there are wooden cabinets, I decided to actually fill the wood grain because I thought it would look more modern if it didn't have this painted wood grain on it. I just don't like that look. So that was a nightmare. It's funny, the inspector who looked at my house, I told him I was going to do this. And he was like, don't do that. It's going to take you forever. Just <laughs> paint it. You'll be fine. And he was right that it will take forever, but I'm happy with how they've turned out. It is a long process. It's a lot of filling, sanding, then filling again, sanding again. When painting the cabinets, you have to be careful about how much paint you apply. I did buy an airless spray gun, which was worth it. And there's some ones that are pretty reasonably priced. But knowing the amount of painting I was going to be doing, I felt like it was a good investment. I've been spraying those, used a couple different, she used two different types of primer, but I would recommend just a water-based. And then a really good quality paint. And they're turning out really well. They're not quite done. Almost done. I've got, I made one mistake in my painting. I didn't sand, I got tired, and I didn't sand between my last coat and the coat before it. And so what that does, of course is make that top coat a lot less durable. And so I did need to peel some paint off and uh, and do a little more painting there, but it's coming together. That's good to know. Yeah. I can give you all the mistakes I've made if that is helpful to your I think that's listening actually audience. Really that's actually one of the questions I usually ask is what are some lessons learned? How long do I have? No, really. Yeah, no, sanding between coats is a big one. Another big one. So the only thing I've paid anybody to do so far other than deliver appliances, is I did end up paying someone to do the coat. So when you pull tile off a wall, you end up with all this mastic left over on the wall. And there's two ways that you can go about it. You can either cut all of that out and replace it all with drywall, which is probably a smart thing to do, but it was a lot of space for me. So I only did bits of it replaced. And then the rest still has all this mastic on it. You can do a top coat or of joint compound, right? Of wall mud. It's really hard to do that though. Like it's really hard to do that and do it well in such a way that the wall is level and even. And if you're applying tile, you want to make sure it's level and even. So I, I did a little bit, but I did end up paying someone like four or 500 bucks to come in and, and make sure all my walls were in tip top shape before tiling. And I highly recommend that. It was well worth the investment unless you really have the time and want to replace all the drywall. I didn't do all of that by myself. But yeah, there's plenty of other places for me to repair drywall in my house that I've learned <laughs> from as well. So yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Sure. You mentioned your dad did some handiwork when you were growing up. But yeah. was there anything that got you into DIY work? Oh, I can't have ever let my parents listen to this. My, I remember as a kid growing up, my mom always making jokes about... My dad's name is Jerry. And so she would often say that things were jerry-rigged. And that is what kind of got me into learning to do my own DIY stuff. And it's, I think the same is true of both my brothers. I have two older brothers. It's the same deal where we all saw my dad's projects that, again, totally functional, but also really ugly and often used a lot more duct tape than probably recommended. And so we just decided when we became grown-ups that we would learn how to do it. And yeah, I, I think that was it. There, there weren't any good projects I can reference that I learned from my dad. It was more like maybe the list of things not to do. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. He tried really hard. 
That's great. Okay. Why don't we just finish with the list of tools that you bought yeah. that you were most excited to, to oh. put on your list? So I bought an air compressor. Love it. It's the coolest, coolest thing. You should rent one if you need to get tile off your walls or buy one if you're a dope like me who wants an air compressor <laughs> and just needs an excuse to their to explain to their wife why they need to buy one. But really, it's so much easier to get tile off walls with an air compressor and an air hammer, So, as well as on floors. Walls are a little tricky. Be prepared to replace your drywall if you use an air hammer, but also for the floors, it's great. So air compressor, definitely this the paint gun, the paint sprayer is awesome. I already had a drill, but I bought some new fun drill bits, which is pretty neat. And can't forget the wet dry vac. Uh. Big fan of that. Already had a belt sander. Already had an orbital sander because I do some furniture refinishing too. Love that. I did buy a detail sander, which is a big waste of money. Maybe <laughs> don't get one of those, but everything else was a, a good investment, I think. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Not a tool, but super important, especially for all my, my ladies out there. They do make work gloves that are for small hands like myself and, and find a pair that you really like and really fit well because I wore them every single day for two months and yeah, they make a big difference in being able to use a sander and any of these power tools. Your hands get tired, you know, wearing the gloves, so that's a big gloves. Blizz, thank you so much for sharing your experience and for being on the show. No problem, Avi. I hope this was helpful. Interested in appearing on this podcast? Email me at podcast at projectdoityourself.com. The theme song was written by Arlen Strassman. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week.